Um, yes. <laughs> she. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's she's quite a dog, and uh, and so anyway, when we were in the house, uh, what's the ne- what's the kind of dog that they have? What is the name of it? And Jim, I'm sitting there and I can't get it out of my head now because Jim was over there with us, and he said. Uh, he said, she looks like the dog stuck its tongue in a light sock. And because if you look, and Patty said, well, we, we washed the dog. And I was like, yeah, it's evident because it, it looks like a little puffball. <laughs> and so once he said that, I was trying to talk, and I just couldn't get that image out of my head of that dog sticking its tongue in a light socket. So, and uh, see, you distracted me in my visit. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I wanted to get into 1 Timothy. I was hoping we had more here this evening because uh, I want to really share some thoughts with you from the, from the Scriptures. And, you know, the subject matter is teach no other doctrine. And uh, I know we've got bad weather and folks are out and that kind of thing. But uh, I want to get into this a little bit. And uh, this will be the first message of a series of messages that I want to do. And really, it's going to pertain more to the local New Testament church and the importance of the local New Testament church and our understanding of the local New Testament church. And, uh, you know, Paul writing these letters to Timothy and to Titus, uh, Timothy being a young pastor uh, at the church there at Ephesus, and then Titus in Crete, and uh, you have Titus who uh, was more of an administrator, if you would, and, uh, but Paul used him and encouraged him to help uh, these churches, and the same thing with Timothy. And so as we, we get here into uh, 1 Timothy, I want to read four verses to you and, and then go over uh, some of some foundational type things that I think will help us. And I did title this uh, Foundations. And so the reason for that is, is I want you to understand the foundation of the local New Testament church. And it's important when you read the scriptures, because sometimes we're so familiar with verses that we just read them and don't really think about them anymore. We just kind of know what they say. And, uh, but without really getting into uh, deep thought or studying it a little bit further. And so I titled tonight's message, Teach No Other Doctrine. Uh, let's begin in verse 1, and we'll read on through verse 4, and, uh, and then we'll get into the message here. He says in verse, in Lord Jesus, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying grace and for your goodness. Pray tonight that you would just encourage the hearts of the folks that are here. And uh, Lord, help us as we get into the doctrines of the Bible and understanding and knowledge. And uh, Lord, to <coughs> operate and do things according to the way you altered your feet tonight. We do pray for those in Salina. <coughs> Lord, we pray for those. Uh, uh, Lord, but uh, we know there was a lot of material damage done. And so, Lord, I just pray even for the storms through the night that you'd protect our families in this church and protect their homes. And, uh, Lord, just to watch over them. And, uh, Lord, we're asking for this in the name of... I, I think when I get into the Bible, one of the things that I did when I was in uh, Colonial... Uh, I taught at Virginia Baptist College for quite a while, and then I taught uh, up at Independent Baptist College for a while. Church, and uh, we would go through the epistles, we would read them, and, uh, and then help these guys to study it out and to really understand the foundation of the local New Testament church. And I uh, New Testament church because how we run the church should be based upon the scriptures. How we do things in the local church, half according to the scriptures, the better off we are as a church body. 
And, uh, and so uh, the understandings, and therefore uh, what was happening is the people were misunderstanding how the church was to operate. How and he'd come back and he would talk to the folks and he would try to get things straightened around. And then he would use young men like men say about the Bible, but what does the Bible say and how are we to be structured? How are we to... teaching of the truth of the scriptures is foundational to how you view Christ. There are a lot of people don't really understand Christ himself. Uh, you, let's put it that way, right? How many uh, non-independent fundamental Baptist churches are out there at times? Uh, if you go, and we have religions right here in town, and uh, I'm not poking, they're wrong. Uh, they don't have a good understanding of who he is. And based on works, it would be based on faith. And, uh, and they do have a doctrine there that the church has kind of believed that Peter is whom uh, Christ was talking about when he said, upon this rock I will build my church. I mean, there's a lot of misunderstandings out there. But listen, folks, it's not just, say, a Catholic religion. There are religions out there teaching things today that the blood of Christ is unimportant, uh, that his shed blood is unimportant. I want to tell you something. His blood being carried, so many uh, false teachings out there. There are people that teach that, uh, you know, you have to speak in Paul and all these guys were being inundated with this stuff in his day. And so talking about what the Bible says about the church, the new, local New Testament church, you see, uh, you know, it tells us in the scripture, husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. And what did he do? View of the operation of the local New Testament church. I mean, God gave it to us in the scriptures and said, here's one, and this is how you're to operate. And God gave those to us so that we can understand. How many of you really understand this tonight? Man doesn't build the church. He used us for to go and share our faith in Him with others. They might trust Him. Would you agree with that tonight? That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And so when we look at it, the Bible teaches us, and so we can win them to Christ, but the fact is, is people make choices. And so we have to understand these things, these truths in the operation of the church. Now, opinions can be good. We have these letters being written, and obviously two to Timothy and one to Titus, but, but what was happening is these men were there to uh, be the pastors or the admitting to them and saying, now listen, here's some things you need to be aware of. Here's some things you need to be thinking about. Here's some things you need to be teaching. It's a creed. And these truths are the building blocks that make up the local New Testament church and its trail of blood. Anybody ever read the trail of blood? Anybody ever pick that book up? It's just a small book. It's not very long. I think what it does, it traces our roots back to the blood of Christ. Amen. The church was built on Baptists, uh, rebaptizers, because we were baptizing people and they baptized them as enemies. really got our name from our enemies, if you will. And so what happens is, is that uh, through the years we were called the Waldenses, we were called the Paulines, we were called these different names through the years, and we ended up with Baptists. And a lot of people believe that we're Baptists because there was John the Baptist. These are the building blocks that make up the local New Testament church and its operation. So do you have a works uh, first four verses? One of the things is, is where does your hope lie? So we see him talking to these fellows, and he says, well, here's your hope. And then here's the challenge for you. And then he says this, and then I want you to understand where your faith comes from. Apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior. Now, listen, I was commanded by Jesus Christ, wasn't he? I was given this man Christ. And so as you look at this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God's men, was for the purpose of establishing these foundational truths. 
And, and what you'll find is as we go through these moments, how many times do you have to tell the baby to keep their hands out of the outlet? You've got to do it over and over. They're just going to run into the street. <laughs> and, and you have to stop them. You have to train them. You have to teach them. We look at this, we want to talk about what Paul's doing here. So one of the primary functions of the local... What was Paul doing? He lifted up Christ in the very beginning of this, didn't he? The letter, an apostle of who? Jesus Christ. It's about Christ. It's not about Paul. He's just telling preaching and the teaching from these letters. You'll find that the message of Christ is prominent and the operation of the church by commandment of Jesus Christ. Now remember that Christ had met Saul, right? Uh, he understood this. He was the Hebrew of the Hebrews is what the Bible tells us, right? And so he knew all of these things. But here it is. Having all that knowledge, God had to put a stop to what he was doing. A lot of head knowledge. He knew a lot of stuff, but he was doing it the wrong way. Paul gets into town. Can you imagine Simeon? He said, now listen, Simeon, God, God clues in. Think about what Saul was doing. I mean, Saul had just held the cloaks of the men. Who Think about that for just a moment. What kind of a man was he? Well, he had all this knowledge because look at all the number of books that uh, God used him to write in the New Testament. And so as we have the church, a teaching that Christ had given to the apostles. Think about this. You can write this down. We want my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I can almost see this happening. And, and, and it does take a little bit of study. You have to go in and you have to actually look at it. But it's as if Christ was standing there and he's talking to Peter and he says, now listen, Peter, he says, and upon this rock, the big rock, <laughs> I will build my church. Not give us some encouragement, amen? amen? Because no matter what man may want to do, they cannot destroy what God's establishing or doing. Amen? Amen. And so you look at this and you see this, it should give us hope. So the hope that the work is built upon is the hope in Christ Jesus. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the hope is. So, is in Christ Jesus. Now, think about this for a moment. I want you to understand how important this was to Timothy that Paul was making this emphasis on Christ. You in this position, I want you to understand, just as God commanded and placed me in this position, that's exactly what he's doing with you right now. And so he's trying to help Timothy understand this. He's wanting him to know that by commandment, God had called me to do this. And by commandment, Timothy, this is what you're now going to do. And so he's giving him his charge here in just a moment. And so as we look at this, Paul's desire is to help Timothy understand the importance of keeping the glory for the work in its proper place. One of the things that I am so nervous about across our country today is too many people are lifting up the man behind the on Jesus Christ. And when I see that happening across the country today, it makes walking out and it's like, da-na-na, da-na-na. And I'm like, what in the world, man? Where am I? That's insanity. Watch some of that take place. That's why I'm telling Calvary Chapel, listen, let's do it God's way. When we do it God's way, God will be glorified. God will be lifted up. God will build the Word. Paul's telling Timothy the same thing. The church is to be an extension of Christ, promote Christ. Listen, does the passage not say, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me? Amen. Today, people don't want that. They want to walk into a feel-good church. That's what they want. They want. That's what they said. And I thought, you got to be kidding me, right? Eagles Club. We're not the VFW. We are to be not. And, and, and you get out there and you get in society and you listen to how people talk and how they behave. They're scared. 
I said, what are they afraid of? He said, I don't know. Turn the world upside down. We have an opportunity now to turn this community upside down. There's a lot to know if we're like The Way. How many of you have seen the stuff that The Way does? Corey sent me something <laughs> the other day. I cannot believe that's church. That's what we need to try to draw people. And by the way, whatever you draw them with, that's what you're going to keep them with. Because as soon as you stop with what you're drawing them with, <clears throat> they're not going to stick around. I promise you that. Things about churches today. Do you know what that is? That's the devil. <laughs> he wants people to think stupid stuff, doesn't he? I don't false teachings, these false understandings. And here it is. The church is an extension of Christ. It, I want Karen to come to church. I just want her to don the... And we don't dance in the aisles. Amen? We don't speak in some foreign tongue. And listen, when I go out and I'm knocking on doors... I mean, and, and I'm not putting Calvary down. I'm just telling draw men unto me. This is what he's trying to tell Timothy, the lesson of hope. Uh, we're given this doctrine, this truth, this teaching. Uh, would you turn with... You just tell us. If you plant something, pastor hands out tracks, it doesn't mean anything, does it? I'm just planting anything. Neither he that watereth. So, and I don't want him to the Lord. And you come in behind me and you talk to him and nothing happens. Ben shows up. He that planteth and he that watereth are what? Not anything. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. Is this making sense to you? We're just doing that giveth the what? God's the ones that are going to do it, folks. Listen, that's why we have to all be able to be praying together. We have to be asking God. And listen, when we have guests in this church, we ought to do Buddy was right with God when they walk through the door. But we need to do, do everything we can to make them to be for Christ at this point. But listen, we ought to do everything we can to make them feel welcome. Our Christ. For where is the hope? It's in Him. Maybe you don't. Maybe you got a perfectly just... Pastor, if you met my family, you would think, good, great family members. They got some weird thoughts too. But you know what I don't want to do? To preach Christ to them when I see them. I want to challenge you not to back off from what you know to be true. Because he says, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth. What are they? We're the same. There's no difference between me and you, Jim. We're one. And we're all on the same thing. And he says in this passage, he says, Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. In other words, if I'm doing what's right, all i got to do is count on God to take care of what I'm doing. And he, he's aware of what I'm doing. And if I'm doing my part, the most of way. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, Okay, so then I need to make sure that. Now, watereth what? Together with who? God. We're laborers together with God. Are we ourselves? We are laboring together with God. We're doing this with. Look at this, and then he says, "Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Uh, we do not own the building, the land, or the people. It is Jesus Christ whom all of this belongs to, and we are His stewards, His husbandry." By the way, God farming this, cultivating this, if you will. We're working with God to do. So then the doctrine or the teaching of the local New Testament church is that Christ is where our who, what we do by faith, demonstrating grace and mercy and peace toward others through... This is something that we have to understand. 
And so uh, the foundational truth in the working work, <laughs> we need to be faithful in our labors with God to remain focused on the Christ who builds the church. In verse 3, uh, Paul said to Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other what? Don't let them teach anything else. Teach what? What is he even talking about? Verses 1 and 2. So the second lesson is the charge, and we then are given the lesson and challenge to not teach, for it is Christ, the founder and the builder of the local New Testament church. Now listen, they were in the days. It's happening today a lot. People are worshiping things more than they are worshiping God. Let me tell you something. There's not a lot of families here uh, this evening, but I want to share this with you. I used to deal with this a lot in Colonial, and I would have folks in the church say, now listen, I'll be there on Wednesday night if my grandson doesn't have a game. If he has a game, I'm not going to be there. <clears throat> we had a revival. <laughs> I just want you to know, if they win uh, the championship and they go on, I will not be here because we're going to go to this game. And I said, really? I, I don't get that. What happens? When we go in that direction, what are we teaching them? So what's the charge with God? But I want to tell you, when things start going wrong, their spirit changes, doesn't it? And they want to know, what did we do wrong? Or what direction, what, what happened? And you know, at those times, you just got to help them through it. But you don't want to bring to their remembrance all to God. And, and, and being charismatic will eventually fade. But the building of the work on Jesus, you can go look at them uh, at a later time for yourselves. Acts 2.47. Acts 2.47. Say. Who added to the church? The Lord did. Paul said, Timothy, teach no other doctrine. <laughs> Don't teach anything else. Just a moment. Who purchased the church? Christ did. And what did he purchase? 1 Corinthians 4.17. 1 Corinthians 4.17. He said, For this cause have I in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ. As Paul when the man is more important who's standing behind the pulpit than the Christ he's preaching about. And gave to him uh, to be the head over all things to the church. So, Timothy, teach no other what? Doctrine. Don't teach anything else, but teach this. And then he says, and he is the Savior. And what did he do? He gave himself for it. Now, I want to tell you something. Teach no other doctrine. Don't teach anything else. And then he tells us in Colossians 1.18, he says, and he is the head of the body, his will. And he's telling Timothy the same thing. And this is the foundational truth and the working knowledge and understanding that we have to have of the Lord. I'm going to be held accountable one day for every idle word I ever said from this pulpit or in a, in a room, in a back room somewhere. God is going to hold me accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth too. Your salvation is not in question, not at all. But truths are the building blocks that make up the local New Testament church and its biblical operation. And the last thought is this. God wants each believer to have their confidence in Christ. And do what? Teach what? Faith. Isn't that what he said? What are you going to teach? Uh, the third lesson is the faith. And the object of the believer's faith is so crucial to the foundational. They believe that they're going to die and go to hell because they can't speak in some tongue. There is a Jesus Christ who died for you. You place your faith and trust in Him. And listen, it doesn't have 1 John 1, 9, so we can confess our now what? Sins. We still do things wrong even though we're saved. But listen, they don't believe that. They believe they have to. It's so important. Listen, they have to believe in a sinless... tells us this, 
that Jesus has now become Lord and Master of our life. And what is it that we believe to be saved? We believe that God raised Him from the what? Dead. We believe that. How many of you believe that? The whole world starts to celebrate Easter because it's a day off from work, all right? You know, if you do it on Sunday, we get Monday off, so we get that other what? Doctrine. Who is it? It's Christ. Who built the work? Well, Christ did. What has been given to us as believers not to fall prey to false teachings? And this is accomplished by knowing the sound doctrine. We'll dig deeper into this of the sound doctrine a little later, but the following are some key verses to study on. And, and if you went into first manslayers for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, and by the way, they're talking about homosexuality. Three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They're not going to endure it anymore. You have a personal responsibility. You need to be in the Word. You need to be doing these things. Man, people don't want to hear the music that you're listening to. Because a lot of the more contemporary songs are more about how I feel. And so it's more about how I feel about God. You know, I, I was listening to a contemporary Christian song. A young man gave me about a contemporary Christian song that a lot of young people like that I can only imagine. I can only hearing sound doctrine. And some of that's coming through the music. But after their own lust shall they heap to this. The teacher does. Teacher, is it? It's about what he's teaching. What are they getting? That he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. In verse 4, and he says, Now the end, or I'm sorry, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions. And the thing of it is, is social media allows that to happen a lot, doesn't it? How many of you really love the stuff that's on social media and you're going, that can't be true? Have you ever done that? That's what we're doing. But he says, holding fast the faithful word as it has been taught, that he may answer questions rather than godly edifying. And that's what they do sometimes. And so how many of you get into a conversation with someone and they say, well, where did God come from? You know what my answer is? In the beginning, God. And by the way, if you were to look at God, he was always there. Well, I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> apologies. Listen, the worst thing that happened to the United States, the worst thing that happened to our teaching race was superior to the black race. And there are so many people that give in to evolution today. That's how they say it, like as if it's real. It is a theory. It's never been proven. When I was a kid, my mom said, don't sit so close to the TV. Your eyes are going to go crossed. I'd sit in front of the and, 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 you know, but mom would say things that she was repeating what she was. And so when you have these fables and you keep them going, which is what's happening, let that lead you down the wrong teaching or to rely on the wrong kinds of teaching, but to rely on godly edifying, which very clearly Paul understood what he was speaking to Timothy here, the hope. Well, what is the hope? The hope is Christ Jesus. What is the charge? Teach. There's a lot of fables, a lot of endless genealogies out there, but don't do that. Teach no other doctrine but faith. Faith in what? Christ Jesus. And he gave you a two-word phrase, so do. That's what I'm looking at trying to do uh, verses uh, 5.